Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Andrew. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. There's no Scott this week. If you listen last week, we said Scott's taking the week off for his birthday. When I gotta remember when his birthday is. Wait, is it? It's, yeah, it's his birthday. I don't know. I'm. I thought maybe you might know. No, no. Sorry. So, Scott. Um, if you guys have listened to the podcast, I actually I talk about Andrew every once in a while. He's he lives close to me, and we became Facebook friends. And then we we're like, we should probably hang out sometime. And then yeah, and then I moved in with him for for a short period of time. Um, yeah, so, uh, Andrew plays at, you know, church quite a bit. You play, you have a, uh, band that you play with on the side and everything, and you do a lot of, uh, recording at home. So that's usually every time I come over, he's like, check this out, check this out. So. Yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't do that though. I mean, if you work on stuff at home, you want to share it with your friends who can appreciate it. Yeah, Usually. I think I need more friends is the problem. Like that's that's the problem. It's not that I don't. Well, yeah. No, honestly, I just need to stop being lazy and actually do stuff. I've got uh, my buddy Will. He wants me to. I owe. I still need to send some stems back to him uh, from some guitar tracks I put down, and he's wanting me to work on some other stuff, and I really need to do that. But instead, I've been going crazy. I went out drinking last night, which is uh, this is a Saturday, and it is seven o'clock in the evening. And I still feel like it's like noon because I do not drink often. But last night was uh, we just went out and had fun. So we ended up at this uh, pizza place called Barley's. That's a tap, you know, a tap room and pizza. And they had the slide player there. He's called the doctor. And oh, my gosh, he killed it like phenomenal. I love whenever you see a player that just like you, you like as a musician, you're just like, drawn into them and like not in any like there's when you see someone live as a musician you like get two modes you get the sucked in or you get the critique the crap out of them and it's always great whenever you don't have a chance to do that and you just get sucked right into them yeah absolutely i have a a buddy that's attending all the big ears festival in knoxville this weekend right and he he's been texting us about some of the shows he said he went and saw somebody thursday night that was four guitar players on stage and it was two jazz masters and two telecasters and he said it was mind-bogglingly good oh wow like he sent us the album on spotify to listen to i haven't listened to it yet but the other guy in our group chat sent back a like a hearing aid feeding back said ah my ears because he's just imagining all that treble on stage yeah, that's what when you said that two jazz masters and two talk. I was like, I was like, twang. Yes, all of the brightness. <laughs> yeah, that, we call this song "Twang for Days." So yeah. Oh man. Um. Anywho, so wait, did we let did did we let the music play? I don't have the music. I know. No, no, no. We had it in post. I just don't remember. If Scott, mm-hmm. if Scott, if you're being nice and, and editing the episode for me, even though you took the week off. You can put the music in anywhere. So. Also, speaking of Scott and being nice, I apologize in advance for the coughs that you will definitely have to edit uh, out. Oh, no, he, we don't edit that out. <laughs> That's you, just going to stay in the show. You might want to edit them out. I, they're 
rough right you think now. we do a lot more than we actually do scott edits the episodes in like three minutes <laughs> like he goes and he has like a, he has like pretty much preset saved he's like ds compression get it leveled that's fair add the music send it to send it out that's fair um oh yeah and we're because we're not recording so usually we record like away from each other i'm actually at andrew's place of recording in in real time and real people in the real world so it's interesting it's throwing me for a loop so an effects loop oh. Oh. all right uh that was lame um all right so andrew what's some new gear you've gotten recently well usually we only have we have like a week of buying right. you 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 can just reach yeah. for whatever new you've gotten well the last time i was on the pod was when i was piecing out my old giant wet dry board so that i could order the creston Okay. So that was years ago because I've had the Creston for over a year now. Yeah. And love it dearly. Um, and behind me on the table that we're looking at is my new 24 by 16 wet, dry, wet, fully MIDI bypassed Morningstar conglomerate of chaos board. If you think that you are wiring a complicated board, let me explain something. So when Andrew starts telling me about his board, first of all, he notices within the first 30 seconds, I get this blank look on my face where he knows he's totally lost me. And then he shows me wiring diagrams that he's done on his computer. Andrew is a very much a, a planning person if I've ever met one. Like, hands down, and I watch it, and, and like, I'm, a, I'm just in awe because i could never do this and heavens to betsy the some of this stuff like when you're like wet dry wet i'm like oh that sounds like simple for you because yours was like wet dry wet wet dry dry wet like almost like duck duck goose like yeah so yeah this one's it's gonna be fun it's been a long process i have spreadsheets plural, <laughs> plural. of planning um because i have no chill and because i get bored at work a lot so yeah but it should be fun when it's done. It should make lots of noises. I still got to figure out the amps because I currently have one that I'm planning on keeping. The Tyler? The Tyler. And yeah. I need some high headroom stereo wet amps. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I mean, I bought uh, the quad reverb and it's large and loud. Y- but Do you still have that? Or do you? Yeah, I'm it's so, in the garage. I'm surprised that wasn't like your first thing to try to get rid of. Oh, it, it's listed and been offered to multiple persons multiple times in multiple ways. And, and people just don't want it right Nobody now. wants a 90-pound 412 combo, so yeah, I'm not surprised. And you said that's what, floating around, what, $1,200? $1,000 to $1,200? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, would, I would sell it for that. Yeah, you're like, right now, so. I just want it gone. It's, is, it's like a, a Goosebumps episode, Cursed Amp. Yeah. Can't get rid of it. Dang it. No, everyone has that piece of gear that like you've tried to get rid of and it just won't go away and you just have accepted it and it lives with you. Like five light drives. <laughs> My favorite is is the people on Craigslist here in town that have been listing the same thing for literally approaching a oh, decade. Like yes. it's like the same ten items. There's, There's this guy out in ugh. Sevierville who posts these loaded <laughs> loaded pick guards. Telly loaded pick guards. Mm-hmm. I know I, he he used to be friends with me on Facebook. His name is uh, Greg. His old Greg. No, and like I ended up, he ended up blocking me or something because he he it was politics and mm-hmm. we were polar opposites. Um, surprise, but what? Uh, but yeah, that's on there. There used to be this guy that I haven't seen the listing in a long time, so I'm guessing it's all gone. Who's down in Townsend? You remember him? <laughs> was it no text? 
Hmm. Phone calls only. Phone calls only. No text. No text. And it was good gear. And it yeah. wasn't horrible prices. They were mm-hmm. they were middle to a little bit high mm-hmm. on their prices. But like, if you, if anyone knows about towns in Tennessee, it's a very, very, very small place yeah. at the very beginning of the Smoky Mountains National Park. Yeah. Actually, that's who I bought the the red, white, and blues eminence from. Was that guy Townsend? Yeah. Did you have to call him? I did. Oh my gosh! It was worth it. Was it really? It was seventy five bucks. Was he really dude? nice? Yeah. Okay, so that peach. was that was new. You just picked up the red, white, and blue Eminence mm-hmm. for seventy five bucks. So what, mm-hmm. you got another speaker, didn't you? Yeah, Texas Heat. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling you about um, you know, the classic V thirties that everything loves or hates. I feel like they're the NS tens of guitar speakers. Like th- everything sounds okay through them, and if you make something sound great through them, it's going to sound great through anything else. And I got the Tyler sounding okay through them, and yeah. then I more than tripled the wattage that was available to the Tyler in speaker headroom, and now it sounds immaculate. Yeah. So it's been fun. I think I've never a lot of people don't that rabbit hole. I think a lot of people don't realize how much their speakers like affect their sound. It just and and the big thing about it is it, and now it might not affect your overall tone, but it affects the frequency in which it hits your ears, and that has a lot to do with it. I mean, that's like when you're tuning to 432, because I'm not going to get into that. I oh, don't. oh, don't take me down a theory rabbit hole. You know better. Uh, 432 is the body. The, your you, body's tuned to that. Do you know about the Jacob Collier song that is in both? No. Jacob Collier's hideaway starts in D at 432, and at one point, key changes, my air quotes for the people who are not in this room right now, it key changes to D at 440. Like the tuning reference pitch changes instead of the actual key changing. Uh, it is that would be like insane. Unset- it would be. It would feel. It seems like it'd be unsettling. You think almost. it's unsettling? He says, and he's right. It feels like being inside and then going outside. It's creepy. I'm gonna have to listen to that yeah, now. Uh, we'll we'll listen to it after this. It, okay, it's, <laughs> a, it's absurd. Um. All right. So, uh, anything else really new and fun that you've gotten? That's a good question. I don't think so. I uh, I've been on kind of a gear hiatus. Just yeah, well, I've only I, been spending money on this board. Well, and, and you, it seems slowly. like you've been doing a lot of the make sure you sell before you buy more. Yeah, yeah. I I can count on one hand the number of times I've bought and then sold to make up for that, and yeah. I hate doing it. So I just unless I see an obscenely good deal on something I know that I won't regret, I won't buy something unless I have the money for it. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been thinking about downsizing because I've got the giant Trio Forty Three, yeah. and I I had that before I had the Stomp, and then I got the Stomp, and I just started selling stuff. Mm-hmm. There was no point. Yeah, thank you, Andrew, for pushing me onto the Helix world. So that was yeah. Every time I came over, Andrew would be like, "Check this out. Listen to this." do this and me being the guitar player that especially like i love playing riffs from certain songs and like a lot of presets you'll have of like oh i actually know that song i'll play the yeah it's so much fun 
Yep. I'm just sitting here grinning like a fool because no- I've convinced so many people to buy a Stomper Helix. Not just church players, but mostly church players. Yeah. I've uh, been, honestly, I was talking with a couple guys, a couple of the guys I went out with last night. They're in a band. They're into that whole like Moon Taxi back when they were, when Moon Taxi was more of a jam band. Mm-hmm. And like they're into that blues jam, kind of almost getting into like the psychedelic jam. And we were talking about, they're like, we want to do in-ears. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I mean, it, it's not horrible. I said, well, what are you using for a mixer? Like, well, we're using analog. We need to get a new mixer. I was like, dude, Behringer. Yeah. I was like, Air 16. I said, yeah. get it. I was Absolutely. like, that's what, I said, that, there's, what, that's the 18, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that, yeah. He, <laughs> Andrew had the 18 and I was, I leaned over, I was like, when are you going to sell that? <laughs> and he said, it's the churches. It's like, never mind. Um, but yeah, that's like. I, he's like, well, what if we run the drums through the analog into the, you know, Behringer? And then they're like trying to move logic. They're like, well, what we like logic. I'm like, I was like, dude, you're making all this stuff obsolete. I was like, you won't need logic anymore. And they're like, oh, well, we want to run through logic. I was like, if you want to run through logic and that's your whole thing, I was like, that's fine. I was like, but you you don't have a point to. It's like, there's literally no point anymore. No. Like the Behringer has enough enough great built-in effects, compressors, reverbs, just whatever you need. Yeah. The loading presets, just just wham bam, knock it out. And that I was like, of course we had been drinking, so like I'm like trying to argue, <laughs> and they're like not. I'm like no. I was like I said it. I finally told him I said the next person person who mentions Logic, I'm gonna hit. <laughs> I was like because you don't need that. So I spent twelve hundred dollars on it. I said well. I said, it's great for recording. Use it for your recording scenario. I was like, but you don't need it to run live. I said, that's an added thing you don't need. It's also not designed for that. Right. I was like, that's not the purpose of it. I've used Reaper for clicks live. And that even was that, even that was a hassle. Yeah. I told him, I said, logic's great. If I said, now, if you're going to run a MIDI show, if everything's timed, connected via MIDI, yeah, logic's great. I said, but that's also you're running two. That's two different things that you're really talking about. Like, yeah, and then even the, Ableton, like yeah. that's what it's designed for, right? So, yeah. I was like, so no, that's been it. Yeah. Um, I actually got something new this week, thanks to the Patreon supporters. Yeah. I got the Universal Audio SD One. I'm recording on it now. I brought it with me. <laughs> I was, I was like, I got my new mic. I got to bring it with me and yeah. everything. So, um. If my voice sounds any better, I was thinking about, uh, I think next week I might do, I'll have my 58 and my SD1 mm-hmm. both recording into my two channels and just jump back and forth and be like, Mike one, mm-hmm. Mike two, which one do you like better? And I'm going to see which one wins. I'm curious. Just put them side by side and do the whole thing. And just like, that way you're not thinking about switching between them. You're just podcasting like normal. Well, no, I don't want to, no, I don't know. I could. But I have to be recording in stereo. See, the thing is, is Scott just picks me up off of Google uh, Meet, whatever it is. Oh, okay. He I just gotcha. he just pulls that audio. Gotcha. So I'd want to kind of jump back and forth. And I'd want to do the mic one, mic two, mic gotcha. two. Like, yeah. see which one. <clears throat> so, all right. Um, well, let's see what's new. Let's see what gear news. All right. So Harley Benton. This weekend, Harley Benton. I didn't have Scott to set it up, so I had to do that. Um, they're doing their 25th anniversary doing all gold guitar and bass models are there like all their um affordable all gold guitar and bass models for the 25th anniversary which is kind of crazy i didn't realize harley benner has been around since 1998 that's wild i still so i'm like i'm curious on the history because i know we're all very much like aware that it's a toman in-house brand 
Um, but like, has Toman been doing that for that long? And but we're just now hip to it. Uh, that's my assumption. It's uh, it's yeah. strange. I'm sitting here scrolling through, looking at them. I mean, they look nice. This the, the Fusion Three is like oh, and the Fusion T. Yeah. That, the, both of those. Yeah. I lo- I love a great gold. Ooh, that oh, they got the single cut. Oh, that's gonna scratch my Gibson or my Les Paulich. Mm-hmm. Mm. I won't buy one. I won't buy one. <laughs> I won't buy one. Cause now I'm looking at it. Oh come on! How much? Let me do the two hundred sixty-five pounds. Um. Yeah. What's the conversion on that? Three hundred twenty-seven. That's yeah. amazing. I. That's insane. And I mean Roswell humbuckers, which okay, but an actual tunematic and a graphite nut. I mean, yeah, steel frets. Really? Yeah, that's amazing. Three hundred and thirty dollars. That's like absurd. sign me up. Yeah, I'm. It's just it's ridiculous, mm. but. I'm yeah. I I'm probably gonna get a Harley Benton here soon. I'm probably gonna get a um, single cut from them. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I don't know what I'm gonna get next. <clears throat> yeah, if I get anything too soon, what I'm gonna get is hit over the head by my wife. <laughs> yeah, um, as someone who has you know spent time with your wife and hung out with you guys, I can vouch. Yeah, you're gonna get this not i get i get smacked but it's i I deserve it it's not like an abuse thing it's like a she respects me andrew it's not your fault (laughs) it's not your fault bud (laughs) 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 oh anywho um prices are in the harley benton price range on those they look phenomenal um it's gonna be kind of a pain but because the reverb shop isn't uploading a lot of these newer things um, so you're still gonna have to order it straight from Toman and wait a little bit, but yep. yeah, they come with a pretty nice little padded gig bag. Yeah. Looks, well, I mean, looks pretty sturdy. It's one of the ones, I mean, it's actually got the strap for the neck, which I don't know if there's a real big point to that, but I mean, it's a pretty little nice. bit. I mean, it's, it's a still a soft bag. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know. All right, let's move on to the next thing. So Cattle and Bread launches the STS-88, a love letter to the flanger that can cloak its modulated swish in a huge, dreamy reverb. So Andrew and I were talking uh, before the episode, which uh, Patreon listeners, sorry, there was not a pre-app because, yeah. Um, Anywho, uh, you've never owned a flanger before. I have not. I have owned or borrowed, I was looking the other day, 200 unique pedals in some form or fashion oh yeah you have a whole spreadsheet because as you mentioned i'm a planner and i get bored so i have a spreadsheet of all the crap that i've owned because owned or uh, borrowed borrowed yeah yeah. because i've borrowed a ton of fuzz pedals and stuff that i just was like oh my friend has this and i don't want to spend money i'll borrow it and see if i like it and i ended up not buying it usually so yeah um yeah so i've never owned a flanger i've always been more of a chorus and phaser guy uh as evidenced by the dc2 and ph1 that are sitting on the board behind me yeah um I have only used flanger when I'm trying in the Helix to get a specific sound, and I look up the way that that sound is made and discover that it's a flanger. But yeah, I uh, 
I, I've owned a few flangers. I, I do love flangers. Uh, the BF2 is one that I want to pick up. I feel like you would totally dig the BF2. I'm sure I'd vibe with one if I actually owned one. I feel like the problem with flanger is whenever you think of flanger, you think of a very prominent flanger. Um, like, uh, what is it? Like one, like anything Creed. Yeah. <laughs> like pretty yeah. much is a Creed or my, I, anytime I play a flanger, I got to play some Tom DeLong. Um, but yeah, it's uh, always been kind of interesting. I, I've always had a flanger like available to me. Mm-hmm. I don't use it often, but every pretty much what it is is anytime I like plug in a guitar for the first time, I've got to do a octave chord on uh, B or a B octave chord on the E string and do flanger and do some Tom DeLonge, Blink Way Two self titled stuff. So. Yeah. I've put some in some Helix presets when I get bored with the wet effects I'm using. That's the yeah. other thing I love about the digital world. Talk about selling people on it. It's like, mm-hmm. you you know, you get bored one day. There's not an effect I don't have almost. Yeah. Like, that's the best way to put it. Like, yeah. if if, the, if I need to make an effect, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back to but this Specifically pedal. this one, yes. Yeah. Um. So we listened to it. And even, I mean, it had such an amazing sound. Um. It sounded really great, especially because it has that built-in like kind of reverb thing going on, mm-hmm. where it really fills out the sound and doesn't didn't make it sound dry for the demo, and so you can get a really amazing sound. They even got into a kind of a shoegaze, and you said what like a Midwest emo thing going on? Yeah, like you know the the soft moody intro before mm-hmm. the like My extended mind. yeah well, the oh, extended sorry. drop D chords and yeah. you know. The angst in the vocals. I'm giving up. I'm giving up slowly. <laughs> no, All sorry, of the one. angst in the vocals. Yeah. No. Oh, did we ever find out what uh, 1981 was going to be announcing? Mm-mm. I still wonder if that's going to be a Nam announcement, like right around Nam time. And they um, start badgering my buddy, who's good friends with Matt, Mr. Hoops. Yeah. Yeah. I got to meet him. That was like one of the coolest things ever. He's a cool dude. Like, and like, I'm. The so funny thing was, it was like Reliant K was a band that, like, in high school. There was I was dating this girl that was like all about Reliant K, and like me just being a douchebag was just like lead singer looks like uh, Frodo and like um because it was writer it was a writer what was the um what what album was that song off of I just sang it was like one of their really big albums and are, you're getting mad because you're seeing it now aren't you I just shattered the there's like the glass and like you shoot you're like gosh dang it. Uh, that's um, great. He did at that point. Oh, I've, 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 I've seen him after, and I'm like, okay, how did I make that? And then I like look at that one specific music video, and I'm like, yeah, there's yeah. Frodo. Yep. <laughs> Take the ring, go. <laughs> oh, Matt Thiessen with all that hair. Yep. Um, but oh, uh, yeah, that's so incredible. this pedal uh, sounds phenomenal. Um, and the cool thing is, is the price that it's ringing mm-hmm. in at was what was it? I said like one one seventy three one seventy two seventy four. Yeah. Like, it can run on nine to eighteen volts, which Heck is yes. great. I love any pedal that can do that mm-hmm. because it helps with the whole shuffle of whenever you're trying to make a power supply work. Yeah, if you've got that pedal, you're like, I don't have an eighteen volt because there's a lot of drives that can run an eighteen volt that I don't like, cannot stand. Like the Prince of Tone, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, run it at twelve volts, run it at eighteen volts. No, give me nine. I want that thing compressed and crunchy, like nice. And like that smooth. is where we differ. That see, like I don't like that, like very clean, like oh, just adds to the tone. I want it to be the tone, like, and so that's the big thing. I mean, it depends on the use case. You gotta yeah. remember, like most of what 
a lot of people using like a, a Prince of Tone are doing is playing in church where yeah you can't have a pedal you almost can't have a pedal that is the tone because I was about to say don't say just you get can't. turned down I, yeah I, they can turn me down <laughs> almost all they can't want. almost yeah. can't right but no they uh yeah <laughs> but uh, so this I mean it's 173 bucks like that's a great price for um of you know the whole thing is is especially like people might be like well why are you mixing flanger and reverb well number one the thing is though is you can run that flanger with that reverb into another into your delay into your another reverb and like that's where you're getting into that cool like shoegazy like heavy layered stuff yeah because every once in a while it's fun just to have like a whole wall of sound going oh, put through. this first and then a, and then like a big muff or a wave cannon oh. or some kind of big fuzz after it Dude, something that doesn't cut put, a low, low end Put a bass through that into a fuzz. Yeah. Oh yeah, that mm. would give such a dirty, gnarly tone, mm -hmm. but be smooth. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. So it's got to have that like smoothness to it, or else I just, I'm not with you anymore, partner. Uh, speaking of things I'm not with anymore, um, there's another guitar that's coming out that's a tribute to Dimebag Daryl. Um, nothing against Dimebag Daryl. Listen. Call me and say what you want. I actually dig some Pantera. Um, it's just one of those I was raised that that was kind of the stuff I heard, and I, I mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, Jackson and, and Anthrax's Scott Ian joined forces for a signature X series King V that pays tribute to Dimebag Daryl. Um, so it's just the color scheme is kind of something he would have done. Yeah. Uh, um, I like the block inlays on this. Yeah, I. Yeah. I don't hate it. If I mean, like, for being a guitar that does not fit in my genre, I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, it's got a zebra pickup in the neck, which has an interesting look to it. I don't hate the mix of double black and then zebra coil. No, it's it's like really cool. It's I w I mean, it's got a lot of mojo. I dig it. Like, I'm not mad about it. I'm mad that it, why does it have to be tied to Dimebag? Yeah. Because number one, like Dimebag didn't really play a V. He had his signature thing, mm -hmm. which was not a V. But I mean, all right. So how much do you think this is? Uh, so it's a Scotty Ian signature. So yeah, a Jackson signature that's also getting associated with another name. Good Humbuckers, Real Floyd. Two control. I'm um, sixteen, seventeen on on the low end. Nope, nine hundred dollars. Oh, well, there you go. Nine hundred dollars. Um, so it's a Floyd Rose fifteen hundred double locking vibrato unit. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what did it say? Were the pickups? I can't. Uh, I scanned through a little fast. Oh, uh, okay. Um. But it's called a uh, Baldani Green Burst. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. Like honestly, the the annoying thing is, why did it have to? They could have just put it on Scott Ian. Yeah. Like and and Scott Ian could have just been like, yeah, I like it because this was a dime bag color. Because there are guitars that dime bag played that were this color color scheme. Yeah, he said the dime slime colorway is yeah. what he called it. Yeah. So. But to say that this guitar is one hundred percent inspired by dime bag is false. Mm, yeah. The colorway is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that's a that's a decent price. Nine hundred dollars. I can I can handle that. Yeah. 
I think that's interesting that like you see you're seeing a signature for nine hundred dollars. Of course, I think you're starting to see that more. Like Zach Myers is doing the same thing. Hers doing it with her Strat. Like oh, you're starting to get these signature models that are not three and four grand. Yeah, because people are starting to realize there's no point in having a signature if no one can ninety five percent of the people who listen to me can't afford it. That I mean, literally, like that's it. You've got um. I mean, Fender doing it with the Mexican, just making it Mexican for a lot of their mm-hmm. signatures. Of course, you got some ones that are up there. Uh, I think the Jason Isbell was kind of up there in price. Yeah, the uh, Isbell was seventeen ish. Yeah, um, what is the Brad Paisley one? I thought that was wasn't that around thirteen or so at one point. It might have gone up. I think whenever it was introduced, I think was, they started low. I think they started three digits and then it went up. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, no, I think it started about thir- twelve, thirteen hundred. Okay. And worked its way up. I, I, I don't but, remember. But that was that was a pre-COVID, and then it went mm-hmm. through COVID, which, yeah. of course, is, there's going to be the inflation that's been, been with yeah. that. And then um, I, it was funny. Uh, so the girlfriend and I were sitting around, and she's a huge Beauty and, Beauty and the Beast fan. That's her thing. Like, our, our first Valentine's Day together, we had literally been, like, talking. Like, we weren't even dating at this point. We were just talking. But it was Valentine's Day, and I was like, well, I'm going to do something. I got her the rose and the glass case and all that. Oh, it was pretty cool. Like she absolutely anything. I got her bell, the Disney and bell earrings, bell necklace. Like, and she was watching, and it was um her pl- doing uh the Beauty and the Beast song, mm-hmm. the Tales mm-hmm. Oldest Time, mm-hmm. and it was I was so proud of myself because I was listening, and I said, I was like, I was like, I don't know about that tone, and I looked, I said, that's her. I said, is that her? And she goes, Yep. I was like, Oh, awesome! I knew who it was right away yeah. because honestly, which is. And then I was sitting there dwelling on that a little bit more. I was like, oh, well, I mean, it's pretty easy. I was like, honestly, it's not anymore because there's a lot of female guitarists stepping up and becoming popular. Not, And it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, Sheryl Crow plays while singing. These are legitimate singers who are legitimate guitar players who can sing very well a lot of times. But a lot of it's based on being excellent guitar players who happen to be female so that's always been i thought that was pretty interesting that happened the other day um but yeah nine hundred dollars phenomenal yeah that's really not bad um if you need a a solid shredder that looks like a i mean great that really looks like some guy playing in like a southern rock band in a bar yeah and it would fit yeah. Like, uh, not in a bad way, because honestly, a lot of those bands have to kind of fit a look. Yeah. If they're if that's the genre and the location they're shooting for, you play to what your audience is going to like. Yeah. That that's totally would fit right in. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to walk up to an ACDC DC tribute show and see everybody holding jazz masters. It doesn't matter how it sounds. It yeah. just feel weird. Yeah, that would. You know, it's like it's like the, the meme about if you go to a, a heavy show and the guitar player looks like a work from home software engineer with like a polo tucked into his khakis you know you're gonna die in the pit. oh yeah you're gonna die in the pit yeah well like, that was it, like um uh that was like some of those bands like uh were you like uh like the math rock bands mm-hmm. like was it dillinger escape plan weren't they kind of they were, they were kind of math rock weren't they i think so they were pretty intense i never got into them but whenever i listened to them i was just like What's going on? Yeah. Um, oh, there's a cookie on my screen. All right. Uh, next, we'll talk about the Ampeg has the SGT-DI, the perfect compact bass rig. Question mark. Question mark should be there because the funny thing was we went to the um, listing and it had two videos 
from Ampeg. None of them had any like sound clips. So we went looking on YouTube and we found a sound clip and it was not something to freak out about. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It, it's another, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. If you're not going to buy a Sans amp, honestly, like Sans amp or dark glass, like that's the, if you're not doing those two or the, or the new origin, the black or the blue bass rig, like mm-hmm. those are the, you don't need anything else. Like, this is trying yeah. to break into a market that it, I, I don't know. I don't. Has Ampeg done uh, DI pedals before? They have. They've done them. Ampeg's done their own DI pedals before. Surely, but it's just I don't know. I mean, and I like that you can switch between cabs. You can load in IRs. It's got uh, something that I will give it great credit for is a stacked knob to control the mids mm-hmm. and it tells you what frequency you are turning it to on the frequency knob it kills me that more guitar pedals don't do that i get it because a lot of guitar players are not hyper technical and they don't care if they're boosting 500 versus 400 um, that's me raising my hand because the last time i was over here literally what did what were you using on um <laughs> In Reaper to check the frequency. You're checking like the frequencies and everything. Yeah, I got Voxingo span plugin pulled up to be able to see what's happening. Yeah, and like the whole time he's like, look, look, look. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, okay. Like, cause you're, you're a very technical person when it comes to that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just twist the knobs till they sound good and leave them alone. And there, yeah. are, there's a time and place for that. If I'm doing an amp, I, I do the TPS thing that they talked about Schofield doing. I think it was Schofield or Schofield. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. The person who they talk about doing the amp thing where you turn all the knobs down on an amp that will let you do that without it muting all your signal. And then you bring each knob up to the point where you hear it make the greatest change. And then you set it right at the beginning of it making that change. Yeah. And then that is the spot where the amp will be the most, like, air quote, open or dynamic because you're at the value of the knob that affects your signal the most and so if you dig in your your signal is going to be more affected by that small range of the knob than a, an extreme to either side of it wow and i it's true like i've done it with every amp that i've owned recently and it really does make a difference that is one place that i'll say like modelers can't they do it yeah. too well mm-hmm. and if you sit 10 deluxes in a row and do that method they're not all going to have the same eq settings but yeah there's some good and some bad to that i've never heard of doing that with an amp i i always i always kind of started at noon and then just kind of moved it until i found like that little sweet spot and just left it Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's always worked i've always thought i've had okay tone so i don't think i've I've never heard my own tone and been like oh right if it sounds good it is good yeah I think I think the the fun part is whenever people get way too into it. Like you get into it, but like I've I've never seen you like get so far into it where I'm like, you're gone too far, dude. <laughs> like, well, that's because I haven't bought an Axe FX and gone into five pages of deep editing amp heads oh and changing individual gosh. component values. We won't go down that rabbit hole. Let's talk about the next thing. You can change individual component values. Yeah, have you never seen the deep edits in in Fractal stuff? So, like, the Helix gives you all the normal amp controls. We're going down this rapidly. Right. So, okay. the Helix gives you all the normal amp controls, right? Tone, mm-hmm. bass, treble. It adds pretty much every model gets a drive and a channel volume and master volume, even if the real amp doesn't have those. Yeah. Almost every amp gets bass, middle, treble, and presence, even if the real amp doesn't have those. Yeah. But then all of them get 
a sag control which is the Voltage. power tube compression yeah. you get hum and ripple which are the amount that the heater circuit and the sag like affect the voltage coming out to the speaker and okay. so you can actually like dial up heater circuit amp hum typically you leave those low unless you're going for a very specific like slo type thing mm-hmm. um and then you get a bias and a bias excursion and you can blend it between like class a and class a b and how far how dynamically it will um react based on how you set that one so everything's super interactive with the the master volume control that's all you get on the helix on he just breathed on that fractal, deep breath yeah <gasps> Yeah, part of that's also because my chest is full of me dying. I remember breathing quite fondly. I hope to be able to do it again one day. Um, the Fractal has, and Rhett Scholl did a video on this about like choosing a modeler, but um, they have like a page that's similar to what I just described in the Helix, mm-hmm. a second page that has like slightly more detailed versions of bias, hum, ripple, bias, excursion, sag, and then there's like two or three more pages where you can go in and start affecting like individual voltages to specific triodes and pentodes on the individual tubes and capacitor and resistor values. And like, it's so that you can sit down with your buddies, 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 Dumble that you get an hour with, and you can one-to-one start really trying to assess how really detailed and specific little minute things in the circuit are. But if you don't have a multimeter and know what all that stuff does, there's no reason to have it in the modeler in the first place. Yeah. Most of most people, most use cases are never going to touch any of it. So that's you're talking about going too far. Yeah, <coughs> Fractal's I'm, the one that's doing that. I'm glad that I went Helix when I did. Yeah, oh. <clears throat> honestly, a lot of the Helix is uh, I just use presets you send me. <laughs> hey man, somebody's got to make them. Yeah. Um. Oh, if you need presets for the Helix or the HX Stomp or anything, uh, Andrew's on Fiverr yeah so that's that was the last time i came over to it was check out what i made on fiverr or i did on fiverr you're doing some some japanese or like some uh it was like Jap- anime theme song style anime rock stuff and, i was like what is going on yeah is it, it was wild it just blew up brief briefly very briefly it was like yeah. hey you have 15 orders and then now it's back to like one every six weeks oh yeah so i don't know it, something it was a happened weird time. really quick yeah. but all right um Let's see. So uh, speaking of uh, real quick, this came out and there was a big quick tease and then finally just um, officially announced it. Walrus Audio has the fundamental series. This ticks a lot of things in my box on my list. Um, they, they all have sliders. Mm-hmm. They don't have knobs. They've got sliders. And I feel like they I feel like they're listening to me <laughs> because I'll take sliders over knobs any day. Mm-hmm. Um only thing I would be a little nervous about the sliders are as if something breaks on them. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, they're cheap. Mm. Well, we don't know price yet. Well, the, they're the supposed to be affordable. Yeah, the assumption is that they're coming out coming after the JHS three series. So we would yes. assume. I would assume in the vein of a hundred, probably a hundred twenty. Hundred to hundred twenty, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a delay, reverb, drive, distortion, phaser, chorus, tremolo, and fuzz. No flanger. <sighs> you're talking to colt you said you don't need a flanger <laughs> no one wants the flanger but i mean a fuzz with with sliders yeah i mean yes i mean these these look great and i mean so the tremolo has got sine square and random 
Oh yeah, and they all have um a, a three way switch. Yeah, uh, like three switch. modes. Yeah, <clears throat> and reverb has Hall Spring Plate. Delay has digital analog reverse. Oh, the reverse is like. And those those types are preset subdivision values too. Yes, that's cool. Quarter dotted eighth and eighth. The cool thing that I like about it is that if if they're going to keep these in the hundred hundred twenty dollar range, the distortion has le has different clippings. Yeah. Um, the fuzz you've got a gated, a classic, and a mid hump. Mm-hmm. Tremolo, you know, like you said, different sine waves. Chorus, light, medium, heavy. Mm-hmm. Phaser, light, medium, heavy. These are great. Like that's amazing. So I'm guessing you got rate, depth, and feedback. So your depth is going to be your mix on that. I do have. No, no, it's not. No. So your mix is the three-way switch. Yeah. So that's kind. Of, that's a kind of interesting. Well, on the phaser, on the on the chorus, it's a slider. They're different. Oh, okay. I didn't see the mix there. Yeah, so the phaser is always mixed in. You're choosing depth, light, medium, heavy. Yeah, the mix. So delay and reverb have the mix. Yeah. So th- these look really cool. Yeah. Like I'm, I really, I mm. might end up getting one just to play. I would like to mess with the fuzz. Mm-hmm. The um, the delay would be pretty cool, especially with the reverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of them seem really neat, especially yeah. if they're going to be in that cheap range. I, I will don't... say, I ha- I see at least one complaint for me. Besides mm. lack of uh, flanger, which is the power jack is on the side. I don't, uh, I don't like that. It does well. You, you, Mister Planner, with your board, like to get some things. So I don't like my. I don't. I don't like any of my pedals really close to each other. So it does not bother me. Right. I typically don't either, except when. I'm doing a board like this where everything's through bypass loopers. Yeah. And then you want, I want everything to be able to be as close as possible because right. I only have to turn them on once when I turn the board on for anything that doesn't have like a latching switch with yeah. like all the boss stuff. Shout out boss. Ooh, ooh. But yeah, well, we'll but see. What that's the... a very minor complaint. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see the price on these. I hope, I hope that they're, it's, you know, reasonable. Which I'm sure yeah. it will be if that's what they're holding. I mean, fun if it's the, called the fundamental series, you know it's going to be kind of cheap. Um, speaking of things that aren't cheap and don't <laughs> make sense, uh, J Rocket Archer Select. What a segue! That was great. Seven clipping diodes. Um, seven clipping diodes. Which emulated is built-in normal. speaker emulated D out. DI out. But yeah, that just makes you you can activate the clipping or not. No sense. Um yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's just it's I don't know. And how much are these like four hundred bucks? Oh that's four hundred euros. Four hundred euros, so even more. No let's see here, let's see. Oh well, sorry. Okay, I'm used rocket. to the euro being stronger. Yeah. Four thirty three? Four thirty four? Well let's see if we can find it for sale in America. Maybe four hundred, yeah. Oh, they're not James Rickett. J <laughs> Rocket. Um, three twenty nine. Okay, that's not as bad. Yeah. So, but still. I mean, I'm. So not the question is this, it. though: How many people are saying, "I love my Archer so much that I just want to run it right into a speaker and run it out," like? There's a few things in between that should be there. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. 
Especially like if you're doing if you're using the archer for your grit, you want some stuff. I mean, unless half of your like sound comes digitally through like your interface, like that you're running it straight there and then but even then you don't want it after the speaker. Right. Like what is this? I don't know. I if somebody says clon or clon inspired it's not even like tertiary that my brain goes, oh, amp-like. Right. Or, oh, responds like an amp should. You right. Know? It's like, which I haven't seen anybody say anything bad about it that's played one yet. Mm. Would Out of those, how many are paid reviews, I don't know. But like, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I, I kind of want a devil's advocate and say they they made it and people don't hate it. I'm not sure why they made it. I just, there seems to be a lot of whys out there. <clears throat> like, I've never once in a forum, in a discussion, been heard someone say, I love my archer. Wish I could just run a DI out of it. No, no one said that. I don't even know if anybody who would think to try that, because you couldn't do that. It was, it was like Jurassic Park. No one, you know, they didn't. So busy. Wondering if they could. That legitimately, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so busy wondering if they could, they didn't think about if they should. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah, they, they shouldn't have done this. I don't get it. I just, I don't get it at all. You, again, you like can't in the, do in the that. whole in the whole thing about the foot switch being the clipping. Why wouldn't you make the foot switch the like turn off the speaker emulator? Is there a way to turn off the speaker emulation? I didn't look. It's a separate output. Oh, is it? Yeah, in outs oh, on see, the top, so, and then the DI's well, you, out of the side. You can side. do wet, dry, wet. Yeah, I mean, you could use this as a dry send, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the, if if you wanted, if this, you could use this to split a wet, dry, yeah, easily. But that's only if the DI send with the cab flips the phase, or yeah, the other one flip. Like one of them has to be out of phase from the other one, or it doesn't work. Hmm. And then the toggle switch isn't for that. The toggle switch is a ground lift for the DI. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And you're the guy who who knows a lot about running routing stuff and like yeah. Yeah. I figured if anyone knew anything like how it would be practical, it would be you. But well, I just I don't know anybody who's thought, ooh, what I want to do is run my Klon into a completely transparent power amp into a four twelve. Yeah. Like, maybe it sounds great. I would try it if I still had my KTR and a pedal baby, but I don't. Yeah. So I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, something Thing. I something I do know about. Yes. Fender Japan, which once again, if you see that in the title, you know it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Fender Japan traditional 60s competition stripe range announced. Wait, mm -hmm. did I talk about this last week? Uh, Hold on. One I didn't talk about this last week. Okay. <laughs> well, let, let me double check because I'm pretty... Let me see. Da, 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 da. Well, while you're looking, I will say I like the matching headstocks of the bodies. I like the white We did not talk about it last week. I do wish the competition stripes, since they are in line with the neck, I wish I they extended like up the headstock. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that they're in line with the neck. Mm -hmm. I do love the competition stripes that are angled mm -hmm. at the... Um, Same. 
at the near the belly cut that goes yeah. starting with like the belly cut mm-hmm. area and going down to the pin strap. Yeah, they do like a strap like pen, a forty degree sort of like forty five maybe. Yeah. 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 But the, it's a I, weird choice. It does look good on the um. What are those? Are those Jaguar? Jazz the offsets. Masters? Yeah. Yeah. The aff- the offsets. It yeah. looks okay on the offsets. The telly not so much. The telly almost looks kind of like some sort of flag. I would say yeah. The With, it, the telly and the strat look like it's trying to be a flag. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. Oh, the base looks actually pretty good. I like the base because yeah, it, it's inside the bridge. The other ones, it just it stops it at the could, bridge. Yeah, it just it's kind of strange. That's or, why this one works too, because you get the the division of the stripe. The this one being the yeah. jazzmaster. Sorry, um, the jazzmaster also works. I think because you get the bridge, the tremolo plate breaking up the stripes. But all the yeah. other ones, it's just the stripes. telecaster looks the worst because the race the, sh- the competition stripes are the same width as the plate. Very very close. The bridge yeah. plate are so very close that it's troublesome. Yeah. Like, but um did let's see does it have a price on i was too busy looking at past episodes to make sure that i didn't no. do this one all of them are basswood bodies that's got to be a little bit cheap then with u-shaped necks basswood's pretty cheap on the mm-hmm. wooden yeah. bone nut wow well, bone nut. uh oh, oh yeah 154,000 137,000 to 154,000 yen let's uh What's that in America? That is a thousand thirty-five. Oh, so right around the thousand dollar to oh one one dollar. Yeah, that's because I can't type. Hold on. <laughs> Hands type. You can do it to twelve hundred bucks. So a thousand to twelve hundred, somewhere yeah. around that range. It's not bad. And Finner Japan makes excellent guitars i mean that's what mexican those those anniversary or sorry not mexican the the anniversary squires were mm-hmm. those were grand yeah and they were stellar guitars for yeah. a grand the, i'm sure these are just as good oh yeah it just still... seems like a weird follow-up for fender japan after didn't didn't japan do the jv series i can't remember what their last big thing was i think that might have been the last japanese run and they were great yeah i don't know well and the whole but the whole thing is is don't forget we always got to remember that the like the culture of guitar in Japan and stuff like that too, of like the looks, is totally different. They're into some stuff that we're just like, it's not really our thing. I could see that being pretty big in Japan because it almost, especially with the competition stripes, that it, for them is like them emulating American mm-hmm. culture, which is a, something that they like to do. Just mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people in here, like we like to emulate you know other cultures i was telling you about being on an anime kick earlier I yeah yeah completely. literally so, so like that's kind of one of the yeah. things so um speaking of japanese if i might tangent for a moment um no we don't did, tangent on this podcast sir never never um, never happened did i tell you or send you photos when i was fighting hard to not buy that japanese signature 335 a little no. while back let me show you this thing There was one of these for sale forever. Oh. The Shinichi Ubukata Signature 335. It is black, double bound. It's got the Bigsby Diamond diamond F holes, Veritone. The not terrible headstock. Oh, it's the book. The book headstock. Oh, Dios mio. 
and they're like 1200 bucks. That's beautiful, though. I just wish it didn't have a Bigsby. Oh, no, I love that it has a Bigsby. No, I would want to... That guitar, if you put that guitar with uh, less trim... Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, sorry, they are 355s, my bad. Block inlays and Veritone, fully hollow. Yeah. So, supposedly, they made a super limited run of actual Gibson ones, and one of them is the one that Dave Grohl uses as a shovel in one of the Foo Fighters music videos. Wow. Yeah. But then they have these Epiphone ones that are stellar as well. So I would get I would get that. So sorry. Nice little tangent for you after talking about things that were made by or for Japanese musicians. This mm, they haunt me. Yeah. I already told the girlfriend if I ever hit the lottery, I'm buying a DG three thirty five. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? And anytime I play it, I'm not wearing clothes. <laughs> like that's <laughs> just I will not play it live. I will I will that will be my personal like I don't some people don't realize how much I love Dave Grohl and how much I love that guitar. Like that is the dream guitar. If you let somebody borrow it, they'd be like, What is this weird belt rash looking wear on the back? Like, belt don't rash, don't buddy. worry about it. Don't that worry about it. Belt rash. <laughs> no, Damn it, Diaz, shave your belly or something. Oh wait. <laughs> You don't have much belly to shave anymore. Oh no, I've been it's been, been going cutting well. weight. Yeah, like but I I've, I've done I've done horrible this week. So I starting Monday I'm going to get back on. I'm going to give yeah. I'm going to give them tomorrow. I I did really well for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And the because the best part is though I've also like even while I've cheated, I've also like um that's like uh the girlfriend she went and uh, had lunch with a few friends at and got Mexican and I was like bring me back some mm-hmm. and like even then like i still didn't eat absolutely horrible i got fajitas and uh didn't i'm not eating any of the peppers or onions i had them cook it in it and then like tortillas i mean they've got carbs but it's not horrible and so, yeah because you're not doing some fad short-term diet to i'm try changing to my way you're of literally eating. reshaping the way you exist yeah like for the better checking nutritional information yeah which i never like yeah talking about things that are scrumptious oh yeah um so suzuki which is a brand that i probably didn't think we'd be talking about on this podcast Mm -hmm. ever ever um because they don't really do music instruments uh like they used to do stuff but they had what is it called again i the omnicord the omnicord so 70th anniversary for the omnicord Mm -hmm. this is just an interesting piece of gear and has an interesting history and just how it's been used is it's it's weird i remember seeing these all the time and mm-hmm. like making the weirdest noises with mm-hmm. them. they used so. to just sit it's just like everything that's fatted lately like the bad monkey the pv decade it's these things where they were like a studio secret or somebody's secret studio weapon or this one person used it on this famous recording and never told anybody what it was and so they were just sitting in pawn shops for 20 years yeah nobody caring about them and you'd see them every time oh, these you would went be in to pawn, pawn shops shop. or or these were there was one of these at every church in a closet yeah. somewhere every single one yeah i've seen both of these in, in plenty of places yeah um and now you can't find them for less than a used car so like i mean there's just I don't know. The Eurythmics used it. Joni Mitchell, David Bowie, Brian Eno, um, Damon Albarn. I don't know who that is, but apparently he's the man of this. So there's um, the 
Omnicord OM300 and the Omnicord OM27. Uh, I don't see hmm. a price on it right now, but it'll be interesting. I'm curious how much they're going to be. Like, what are they on reverb right now? Just a regular Omnicord? Yeah. I don't know. Let me pull up my reverb. I can't type. Little fingers of fury over there. Okay, so the OM84 starts at 650 Holy and the OM27 Jesus. starts at 580 and the 300 starts at 950 for for real vintage ones on reverb That's right ridiculous. now. That's ridiculous. There's only one 300. There's only two 84s and there's nine 27s. 27s. Which the 27 is not one that <coughs> they're reissuing, right? I thought it was the 27 and the Oh wait, hold this on. the twenty-seven and the three hundred that oh, are being it's the twenty. Yeah, 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 you're right. Twenty-seven is the weird one. Oh, sorry. The color I saw twenty-seven yeah. that was white. They're doing the brown ones. Let's see. The rare brown was seven seventy-one twenty-six. Um, yeah. This I mean, is... even yeah, but like looking at the price history, so one sold four days ago, a three hundred sold for eleven hundred dollars. And one sold two weeks before that for half that. So the price is all yeah. over the place. Oh yeah, for sure. But the average price over the last two years is five and some change. They've been as low as four sixty, but yeah, as high as eleven hundred, twelve hundred bucks. Speaking so. of high, um, someone's gonna be high as a kite uh, <laughs> to buy this. A Gibson Custom Shop Kirk Hammett Greeny announced twenty thousand dollars. Well done. $20,000. You can buy a Dave Roll 335 and still have a f quite a few grands left over. Probably have about five to six grand left over. I like that they point out that this is the affordable version of the 59 run from the Murphy Lab that they did. Which it was 50000 50000 a piece. Yeah. I just wonder if Kirk Hammett, I mean, not like Kirk Hammett doesn't have 20 grand laying around he could buy a guitar with, but I think it's funny that you could even deign to ask the question, could the person whose signature model this is afford it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's Sorry, just kind of insane. Um, $20,000 for a brand new guitar. Mm. I just, I don't know. I would like to believe... That we're not living in that type of world, but here we are. And it's supposed to be a 59, but it's, they even point out, it comes with modern day Spurzel tuners because that's what Kirk Hammett uses. It's like, they're not even going out of their way to do extra oh, no, vintage appointments. Well, no, well, no, because they're doing exactly the way Kirk has it right now. Yeah. So. Even if the old tuners are crap, I mean. I know, but if you get the old tuners, that's not what Kirk Hammett has. Kirk Hammett is not getting any of my money. Speaking of Kirk Hammett, yeah, have you seen? Have you been to Guitar Center? Looked in the used cabinet recently. No, they have one of the KHDK, um, Alpha, whatever it's called. It's like from his pedal company, and they did like a mm -hmm. limited run of yeah three hundred of them, and then did a second run of three hundred of them. It's like four hundred and fifty bucks Ooh. for some distortion. No, it looks cool. Yeah, it's the LCFR. Is that right? I've never sat there and said I want to sound like Kirk Hammett. There we go. 
Yeah. Yeah. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> looks like something off Supernatural. Yes, 100%. It looks like something straight out of Supernatural or John Wick. Yeah. Or uh, Constantine. Yes. If we're gonna do, okay. if we're gonna do Keanu Reeves, that's fair. Would you just drop your phone? Yeah. Oh, Kung Fu fishing, Kung Fu canoe. <laughs> um, that's still oh, my favorite God. name for Keanu Reeves, Kung Fu canoe. That's incredible. Um, all right. Well, so that that's pretty much all the gear, new gear. But there was a piece of gear news that came out this week that seems like people mm. have an opinion on. Mm. And um, well, you guys are listening to this show, so I'm guessing you might want to hear my opinion on it. Uh, Marshall has been sold to Swedish speaker company Zound, ending over 60 years of family ownership. First of all, this is a very common business practice. The family might be selling controlling interests of the company, but they're still going to be operating it. Th- that's one of the things that I've read. I could be wrong. Yeah. But in agreeing to the takeover, the Marshall family will remain the largest shareholder with 24% stake. They are the largest shareholder with 24% yeah. stake. They don't have majority, but they have the largest. Yeah. And I, if I was informed correctly, they will still be running the operation. Yeah. Uh, Pretty mean, much this is this. I mean, have you watched Shark Tank? That's what happened. Yeah. Someone, Mark, the, the Swedish Mark Cuban decided to buy into Marshall. Mm-hmm. And and Marshall uh, doesn't the Marshall family doesn't have uh, full uh, they don't have controlling ownership right now. Yeah, that's what that headline is. It was a little misleading. Yeah. People, people think that whenever some of these families sell their brand or sell con, you know sell parts of their ownership and lose controlling majority, they don't have the fifty one percent share that they need to make every decision without a problem. They think that they still don't operate. Well, that's not it. There's a lot of times people sell a business, but they still operate it. They just make a buttload of money. And what happens is now they just go down to having a salary. Well, which they still own 24%. So they'll still get 24% depending on how the company is set up. But they, if they do, you know, the, the profits get shared. Yeah. Then they still get 24% of that. But the whole deal is they are still going to operate it. Nothing's really going to change. They things might actually get better. They probably they probably have an influx of money unless they unless they just took all that money and kept it. A lot of places sell that money. They sell those and part of the deal is the money goes into the business. Mm-hmm. Does Marshall need a boost in money? We don't know, possibly. There you go. No immediate change in operations. Amps continuing to be made in England, factory in Vietnam. Sound's chief executive told the paper, consolidating its concerns in one company, Marshall Group was placed for faster innovation and deeper connections. So, yeah, it sounds exactly like that. It's like, hey, Zounds approached them after doing 14 years of Bluetooth speakers with the Marshall logo on them and said, why don't we take over all the day-to-day minutiae and let you guys focus on designing better gear? Yeah. I think we might see the first new Marshalls in a while from this yeah because i mean a lot of marshall stuff is just reissues yeah that's all it's what it is mm-hmm. there hasn't been a brand new i think <coughs> the origins were those kind of newish i mm-hmm. mean everything's always kind of based on the same thing mm-hmm. um but that's like even the uh they've reissued the what were the, the like the blues breaker amps or whatever they were the um more the digital <sighs> the uh, core base breakers that was fender oh whoa yeah 
Sorry. I had one of those. I'm sorry. I was mixing up Blues Breaker and mm-hmm. Bass Breaker. That's right. Well, that was the whole thing is the Bass Breaker was supposed was, uh, to be... Blues Breaker yeah, kind of thing. It was yeah. supposed to be the like Bassman JTM45 hybrid. Yet yeah. another Fender amp with an EL power section. Because... Don't don't worry, Philip. Andrew's here to correct me in real time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got your back. Hi, Philip. Um, I was actually about to bring him up because we were also talking about this and they were saying, I wonder if... Reverb's just going to explode now with all these people being like pre pre sounds. <laughs> Funny thing was was whenever I read it, I thought it was the sounds. <laughs> I did too. I, I was I like the same thing. I was like, yeah. that's a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like Marshall's now going to be a house brand for a company that does a lot of financing. Yeah. Um. I was like, oh, that's crazy. But no, I. It, mm. You know what? Here's the deal. It it's not going to matter. No. It's not going to change much. Uh, if anything, I think it might be able to help for the better. Yeah. I mean, how many people does Korg own now? Well, I mean, look about Finner. Yeah. Finner, you know, FMIC, Gretsch, like all these brands. Yeah. I mean, granted, everyone's got the, it's like Finner has a pre-CBS and like you know, all this stuff. And a lot of that is bull hockey. Some of it isn't. But like, I mean, who... I don't know. I just thought it was funny people getting all up in an arms, and it's like, who cares? Yeah. What? Honestly, news like this, unless it's like hostile takeover, yeah, or it's somebody putting their foot really, 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 really deep down their own mouth, mm-hmm. it's not going to affect anything in the industry in the long, in the short term. Probably not in the long term either. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the thing that they're going to do <laughs> is probably restructure some of the way they do things, and a lot of that, and that's the whole thing is, it's not like they're restructuring because Marshall's doing something bad. It's because they have more um what's the word i'm looking for they've got you know you've got two companies now that are working together and there might be some redundancy and they might be able to streamline things or they might be able to i mean zounds does has already done marshall stuff they've done these speakers maybe they've got a way to streamline operations for something else maybe their factory can take over a part that marshall is having to purchase somewhere else something like that like that's a lot of things people don't realize you know these companies whenever they buy each other out very rarely does a company buy another company without the idea of how can i use this to boost what we've already got mm-hmm. or how can or they see another company they're like we could totally take that company and make it, you know, more efficient. So it's interesting to see that. Um, so everyone, we are going to be wrapping it up. Andrew, thank you for helping me do this episode. If not, it was going to be me and the girlfriend. I feel like that would be a very interesting episode that probably wouldn't go as well as I think uh, it could go. That's very fair. It would be a total train wreck. I said, I said, she could just look at the picture and be like, oh, that's pretty. Shout out to Elise. Yes, shout out. For she putting up with Diaz so we don't have to. She doesn't listen. Hopefully she doesn't listen. <laughs> there's times I say stuff that I just I don't feel like sleeping on the couch. I have to move my CPAP and all that. But anyways, guys, go check out theeffectslip.com. It's got links to our Patreon, our Facebook group, our email, all that fun stuff. Become a supporter. Uh, we appreciate all of our supporters helping me get this mic, helping cover some, uh, you know, some costs for Scott to go to Nashville and do some stuff there. <laughs> um, we really appreciate everyone who takes care of us. And also, uh, big shout out once again to Andrew for coming on, helping me out, and having me come hang out, which is always fun. So everyone, be safe. Have a good week. Scott should be back next week. He's probably going to be editing this episode, cursing under his breath a little bit, because he was supposed to get away with it. And 
I'm going to be like, but please. <laughs> so, and Scott, if you're listening to the episode because you're editing it, which you're probably not going to listen to it anyways. Oh, he does listen whenever he's not on it. I don't, which is weird too. I just don't listen to the podcast at all. But um, all right, everyone, have a good week. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.
Scott, I will leave you a very good joke post our goodbyes because I have to tell you my favorite pun of all time and get Diaz's incredibly bad sigh when he hears it for the, I, is, I the love fourth or fifth jokes. time. Oh, I've already heard this one? I guarantee you I've already told you this, but okay. you may have forgotten it. So, did you know that you can wear any boat on the planet as a hat? No, I didn't. Okay. Take your boat of choice. You got it pictured in your head? Yeah. Okay. Take it down to the water. Uh-huh. Put it in the water. Uh-huh. Flip it upside down. Okay. It's capsized. Oh, my gosh. No, I haven't heard that one. That's good. You're welcome. Uh